0: Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, enderf.org. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. I'm a little bit short on time today, so I'm going to share a shorter experience today. I apologize for that. But uh, this is from enderf.org, and this is William, who says... When I was 10 years old, my parents got a divorce. It was 1976, October, I think. Anyway, our family was split up, and before I knew it, I was living with my grandparents. After a short time, I came to realize that our family was never going to be together again. I went to bed one night very upset, crying and hyperventilating. Somewhere in that time frame, I was face down in my pillow because... I did not want my grandparents to hear me. I guess I lost consciousness at this time. I began to feel very light and a little dizzy. The next thing I saw was my body below me. It was very pale looking and not moving, face down in the pillow, but to me it wasn't me because I was here above the body that was mine. I guess about five feet above it, and then I got this feeling like the way the current pulls at you at the beach when the tide goes out. Then I started to rotate until I was facing the corner of the ceiling. At this time, there was an explosion of white, very, very bright light. Then the room started to fade away, and this light took the shape of a tunnel that surrounded me, at this time I was being pulled at a high rate of speed and there was somebody with me. I felt safe and loved and at peace. This person was transparent but I could still see him smiling at me and saying to me but not talking with his mouth but his mind telling me everything is fine. Then at that moment We were in this place of beautiful, warm light, and millions and millions of people all saying, the time is near. Be ready for the day. It was like a loud roar, but very loving the way it was said, and the music was like nothing I have ever heard to this day. It went right through you, and you were the music as well. Then I saw this being of light, very bright, so bright that you could not look at this being. I tried to look, but it was much too bright, and this voice said to me, It's not your time. You have much to learn. Go learn. Don't worry. You shall be with me some day. Go from me now. I didn't want to go, but I had no choice in the matter. I started to be turned and pulled back towards the light of the tunnel except it was much faster than before. Then the next thing I knew I was going back through the light into my room. Then I saw my body and didn't want to go back at all. I fought with everything I had but I just was slammed right into my body. It was cold, stiff, heavy, Then I felt this cold air rushing into my lungs and I heard a voice say, "'Breathe!' Then I was awake and coughing and gagging and shaking because I was so, so cold, but I could not move well at all. After a while, I started to move a little better and got warmer. After that, I got into religion. I was reading Oral Roberts books and the Bible, even though I didn't understand much of it, I wanted to learn. That is the end of William's account. So I'm not sure from this if this was a near-dying experience. Uh, if if maybe he had suffocated himself into his pillow because he does say he was face down in the pillow. He's not specific if his mouth and nose were cut off um, from breathing because of this. But um, he did say he'd been crying and hyperventilating. So he was obviously in a real state. And um, I think the combination of possibly being face down in the pillow, hyperventilating, and the trauma, emotional trauma, that he was suffering um, at the time due to his family situation. Now, I've heard of many experiences where... People are nowhere near death and have a near-death experience based on, or from, the trauma that they're experiencing, or or maybe in a prayer, in a desperate moment of, of fear or, or of um, you know just desperation, and so forth. There's there's no rule that I found that causes, if you will a near death experience. Uh, There's nothing that if you do this, XYZ, this is what will result. I I just haven't found anything like that. And, but this is clearly a near death experience, Um, just minus the death part. (laughs) So he, he finds himself out of his body, above about five feet above his body, and then feels this pull. And he describes it as like when the tide goes out, and you're on the beach in the water as it pulls you out into the water. Um, I, not living on the coast, have not experienced that particular kind of a pull. But I have felt the pull of rivers when you're in a river that is, has a nice current about it. So I'm imagining it's something like that. I gather that it's, for the most part, if not completely out of his control his movement at this point. Now, were he to try to fight it, were he to try to go somewhere else or put his focus elsewhere, perhaps he may have been able to go elsewhere. I don't know. But, uh, but so far, this experience is all just, he's just going with it. And, uh, and this is interesting. He's going through this tunnel and into this light, and he sees millions of millions of people Okay, and and, and I wanted to emphasize too, he has someone at his side. He doesn't seem to pay much attention to this person at his side, but he's aware of there being somebody with him, a guide of sorts. This is so common with near-death experiences that um, often they don't even notice the person until well into the experience, and they realize that they've been with them all along. They just haven't noticed them until now. It's kind of like if you're walking down the street and you suddenly realize you're wearing your watch. Now, you've been wearing it all along, but you had no reason to notice it until maybe you're interested in what time it is. And so you look and you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, there's my watch. You know, And maybe you didn't know before whether you wore your watch or not. But when you go to look at the time, you draw your focus towards that. And then you see, oh, I've got my watch. Good. I think it's kind of like that. And there may even be... You know, if if a person is walking down the street and then stops and asks themselves, well, or, or, you know, pauses in their mental processes to think, am I wearing a watch right now? And then without even looking, you might be able to, you know, just notice the sensations in your arm to be able to tell if it's there. I get the impression that like that, when a person dies there is a person with them. And if they draw attention to the fact or become curious about the fact, is there anyone else here? They almost always discover someone else there. Now, that's not always. Sometimes people do say, I was most definitely alone. and But they're feeling comfortable, safe, and so forth. And, and so whether a person will have a guide with them or not, they almost always have some kind of level of comfort, sense of presence about um, the room. They will feel like there's someone big and great and loving nearby. Um, and uh, and so even if they don't have a guide, there is usually that. And th- But then, you know, after going through this uh, tunnel into the light, there are millions and millions of people all saying, the time is near be ready for the day and he says it was like a roar but a very loving but very loving in the way it was said and and there's apparently music because he says that the music was like nothing i've ever heard to this day they went right through you and you were the music as well interesting now what were these people referring to uh, when they say the time is near be ready for the day well obviously i can't say for sure as a christian i want to say you know christ's return other people might suggest the day that of you know humanity's great enlightenment if you will or or perhaps you know the the day when uh, when all of us will return to live with god again whatever it is they are clearly looking forward to this day and and i would be interested to know if this if william had inquired if he might have got an answer. I'm not sure. But then he finds himself in the presence of a being of light. So bright. Um, too too bright to look at, really, is is what it sounds like. I tried to look at it, but it was much too bright. And the voice said, it's not your time. You have much to learn. Go learn. Don't worry. You shall be with me someday. Go from me now. And then the next thing you know, whoo, she's rushing back down the tunnel, out of, through the light and back into his room. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go back in there. And then boom, he's back in his body and it's uncomfortable and cold and so forth. Now, this is interesting because this is the kind of, of experience that you usually get in a nearly dying experience. Um, but this person, uh, was in turmoil and is experiencing that. However, when he does go back and he hears this voice say, breathe, he says, then I was awake and coughing and gagging and shaking because I was so, so cold. Which makes me think he probably wasn't breathing. He probably, you know, it could have been a situation where he'd been hyperventilating and therefore getting too much oxygen and then face planting, you know, if you hyperventilate yourself and then hold your breath, you can go a long time without even feeling that uh, that desperate sensation of needing to take a breath. And it could be that in that time he passed out and so was cut off or or even fell asleep and then went into a near-death experience. I would not call this a dream. This is way too near-death experience to call it a dream in my mind. But um, But it could be that he dozed off and in dozing off, his body passed out and, and, you know, began lacking oxygen. And maybe it became a nearly dying experience. I'm not sure. Um, it's irrelevant in my mind how the experience happened. Clearly it did. And there was that message, that most common message. It is not your time. You must go back. And he has the addition. You have much to learn. Go and learn. And then, given also the assurance, don't worry, you'll come back to be with me someday. That's so cool. So cool. Anyway, if you would like to support the podcast, either um, you can either purchase the book, Life in the Spirit World, which is available on near death experience Also, you can go to patreon.com slash ndecast and become an ongoing monthly contributor. You can also contact the podcast either to share a comment, ask a question, or to share your experience by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDECAST. And once again, thanks you guys. Thank you so much for listening.